Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Him. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? So, we survived 2020. Somebody applaud for that. Man, uh, it actually, honestly... I hate this. I said this in first service and somebody walked up to me and said, you're kidding me, right? I said, 2020 wasn't that bad. Like there was some weird things that happened, right? There was some weird things. But I, I watched the favor of God in my life like I've never seen it before. And I watched the provision of God like I've never seen before. And I learned something about me and I've learned something about this church. You guys have intestinal fortitude. You have guts because we made it through as a church body, one of the toughest seasons that this world's ever seen. You guys deserve an applause. Why don't you give yourself an applause? You gotta give yourself an applause. That was weird. It was like, I'm gonna, by myself, applaud for you. No. Uh, it's already been said, we're starting a brand new series today, and I, I've already done this one time. It's already my favorite. And so it's one of those deals. We're talking about habits. And I gotta confess something to you. Uh, over the holidays, I was watching, and I'm trying to change some of my habits. I don't know how, how, how you guys do it, but I'm trying to change some of my habits. I watch lots of sports. That's about all I watch. And I listen to lots of sports. If you go in my truck right now, unless my wife changed my station, it's on a sports station. And I decided what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start trying to balance that out. One of my habits, I'm gonna balance that out with some educational stuff. I'm gonna listen to some podcasts. I'm gonna do the Bible audio this year. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to just kind of fill my mind up with some, some stuff other than sport. I'm not negating sports, but just changing a little bit. But I was watching one of these new shows I'm gonna watch, and uh, it's on the History Channel. How many people like history? So I wish, uh, if you're a teacher, you, any teachers here? Teachers, if you're a teacher, raise your hand. Somehow or another, get your students to understand how important it is, because I wish that I would have learned the things back then that I'm trying to learn now about history and about, well, that's it, just history. <laughs> not math. I don't care about math. I still, to this day, have not had to use algebra one time since I've been out of high school. But I was watching the History Channel, and it was show, there was a show, it was really good, it was about um, offshore um, accidents, like when boats collide and, and, and how they do these rescues and search, and I don't know if you guys have ever watched that show, um, Deadliest Catch, they had, they had a real uh, horrible disaster this year in one of them, so I was kind of fascinated, so I'm watching it and I'm watching it, but I was more interested in the dialogue between these two people, because apparently one boat thought there was another boat there, and this boat here thought there was another boat there, and they, and they sent them a message, and the message was this, change your course 10 degrees to the port. Now, if you don't know what port is, okay, if you're a landlubber, that's to the left, okay? So they were saying 10 degrees to the left. Well, a message came through from the other entity, the other boat or the other whatever, the, you know, the light or whatever it was says, change yours 10 degrees to the starboard, which is the right. Well, the captain of the one boat is furious at this point. And this is what he says to the, in, in the message. He says, I am Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Commander of the U.S. Naval, um, uh, uh, the new Navy. You, you need to change your course. And the response back was this. He says, I'm a, a seaman, third class. Change your course. Now, I don't know what it looks like rank and file in the Navy or any other you know, armed forces or whatever, but I'm thinking that a Naval commander has some type of you know, jurisdiction over this one right here. So the Navy commander goes, you don't understand. I am in a battleship. You need to change your course. And he is furious at this point. 
So the response back is, I am the lighthouse. You need to change your course. This is why I was thinking about us. Not you, not just me, us. I think a lot of us in our lives are on a crash course to some type of destruction. And if we don't change some habits, if we don't change some things in our lives, we're gonna crash into something that we don't wanna crash into. And this series is not about New Year's resolutions. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I've never done a New Year's resolution. It's about changing the things deep down inside because it, it needs to be lasting change in order for us to have some type of a substantial impact in the world that we live in. And so we're gonna talk about over the next four or five weeks, and I have to be honest with you, I kind of screwed up, I messed up with the team, and I'll, I'll, I'll apologize publicly. Today we were supposed to be talking about the church and the church, you know, the, the bad habits the church has gotten into. And I was gonna look at the global church and I was gonna look at the local church, our church, and things that we need to get better at. But the problem with that was, and I, I, I sent my assistant a, a text message on Tuesday. I said, I'm really struggling with this message because I don't think, because here's the deal. The church is made up of people. The church isn't a building. It's not, it's not an organism that's just, you know, one, it's, it's, it's every one of us doing, the Bible says this, that we're fitly joined together, each one doing its part. And if we don't, as individuals, change stuff, it doesn't make a difference what the church does. And so today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to deviate. Next week, we'll talk a little bit more about the church. But some habits that we have gotten into, really bad habits, some of them not big ones, some of them not huge, but, but habits that are leading us down a road that if we're not careful, it's gonna lead us to a place of destruction. And so um, I'm gonna define habits real quick. This is what the definition of habit. It's a thing done often and hence usually done easily, an act that is acquired, and I love this last part, you gotta get this, and has become automatic. That's what a habit is. So good or bad, right, good or bad, this doesn't define a good habit as this or a bad habit as that. It's saying a habit in general is something that we start to do automatically. If we start to you know, kind of understand or start to understand or realize that there's some negative things in our life that we're doing automatically, then we need to have a change of our heart and a change of our mind. I love the way that the Apostle Paul writes it in the book of Romans. This is what he says in Romans chapter 12, verse two. This is what needs to happen to our culture. This is what needs to happen to the individuals of this church. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, right? It says in the, in the ESV, conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I think some of the bad habits is we just listen to what everybody says out there and we think, think it's true. That's, that's something we need to change. I think because somebody has keyboard courage on Facebook, we automatically think that it's true. Somehow or another, we gotta get, we gotta get from that. I love the way Titus chapter two says it. In verse seven, it says, in all things, watch this, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern. You know what that means? Get into good habits. Develop a habit. And then he says literally what, what some of them are, good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility. That's what I want to do. I'm going to give us four things today that I think will help us, that will help us define what habits are, define what good habits are, define what bad habits are, and how we can develop the good ones in our lives. Now, in first service, and I'm going to encourage you, in first service, I don't know, other than when I've talked about sex in church, I have never seen more people taking notes. So this is what I like to do. I would like to let you think that it's about sex, but it's not, it's about habits. And if you take notes, I'm gonna tell you, there are some nuggets today that are gonna be really, really, really important. It's gonna seem painstakingly practical because I'm telling you, it is. 
And these are the practical things that we need to do. So here's the first thing I want everybody to write down. If you're taking notes on your phone, I'll let you use your phone. You can write them if you have an analog Bible. I'll give you a scripture in a minute. You want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. That's in the Old Testament, okay? It's talking about Moses. Bob, we'll get there in a second. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. Habits start with decisions. Habits start with a decision. You have to make a decision. That's why so many people that just write down New Year's resolutions, that's why they don't work. They've never made a decision that they want to be different. They just said, here's three or four things that I want to be. I want to lose weight this year. I want to, I want to, I want to love my wife more this year. I'm going to read my Bible more this year. But, but a decision, there's a plan and a strategy behind the decision. And so when we do a New Year's resolution, there's nothing. As a matter of fact, let's, let's read in the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to set this up. It's, it's Deuteronomy chapter 30. Moses is 120 years old. Literally, he is telling them what he wants them to say when he dies. One chapter later, he dies. He's telling them that I want you to rest in the things that God has told you. I want you to develop the habits that you have that have gotten you to this point right here. I want you to maintain those habits. I want you to maintain the things by obeying his commands, by paying attention to the law, by, by having communion, uh, communion and community with the Father. I want you to do these things. So he writes this in verse 15. He says, see, and, and think, think about it. This is the decision that we have to make. See, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey my commandments, there's a decision right there. If you obey my commandments, if you do what I'm telling you to do, there are some really great things that are gonna happen, but you have to make a decision first. He says, if you obey my commands, commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commands and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of it. He's saying, you need to do these things. If you wanna maintain the direction you're going, if you wanna stay close to the Father, these are the things you have to do. In our lives, if we're gonna remain close to the Father, if we're gonna make change that's lasting, that we're gonna have habits that lead us in the direction that we need to go, we have to make a decision what those things in our life what, what do they look like? What's not good? What's good? We have to do a cost-benefit analysis. This is costing me more than it's worth. This relationship or this situation or this addiction or this problem or this lack of whatever is leading me in a direction I don't want to go. That same author that's writing Deuteronomy wrote several passages in the book of Psalms. And he wrote Psalms 90 chapter 12 or verse 12. And he says this, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What he's saying right there is, Let's make the most of every decision that we make every day. He's saying the same thing that we're talking about. I'm gonna develop some really good habits in my life. I'm gonna have some really good decisions in my life that are gonna lead me where I want to go. And, and, and because of that, it's gonna lead me in the direction where, where the Father wants me to go. I don't believe we need another day of New Year's resolutions. It drives me crazy. I don't know, anybody watched the ball drop? New Year's Eve night, nobody watched it? One person. Some of the worst talent I've ever seen on a show. Anyway, I hope Cindy Lauper's not watching this. It's time. Let's just say it's time. Okay. Hey, is anybody in my staff here in the room right now? Anybody on staff here? Nobody. Everybody left. Who's that? April? When it's my time, sister, just tell me it's my time. Okay. Like if I get up here and I'm in the walker and I can't do it anymore, just go, Bobby, you had a good run. But, but I don't think we need a New Year's resolution. I think we need a New Year's revolution. And that's a whole different animal. Because I, I think we need 
my pastor used to say that we need to check up from the neck up. We need to change at the core of who we are, what we do. Now, it's interesting because I do like reading people's New Year's resolutions. So in prepping for this, I read the top 10 according to, I think it's Time Magazine or People Magazine, but it was the top 10 New Year's resolutions. Now, you can imagine what's number one, right? Number one is weight loss. Everybody, every, most everybody, maybe not in this service, but the last service, everybody was raising their hand, but weight loss is one. Two is manage debt and save money. I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's a good one, right? Three is get physically fit. Who doesn't want to look good, right? Um, uh, how about this? Eat healthy. Overrated. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's overrated. So We can diet when we get to heaven. Um, no. Verse, uh, verse five. Verse five. Number five was this. Learn something new. Wow, I, I like that. Like, I, I, I want to learn something. I'm going to learn some new, 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 new things this year. Here, no. Drink less alcohol. Seven, quit smoking. Eight, reduce stress. Somebody say amen to that. Like, man, you want to talk about, so reduce stress. Um, nine, take a trip somewhere. Man, that's, doesn't that sound like fun? Like, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to go, like, let's take a trip. And then here's the last one, volunteer to help others. Now, I'm reading those going, like, there's not a single one of them that's bad, right? They're all pretty good, right? I think we should do all those things, everything in, you know, moderation. I'm, 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 I'm there. Here's the problem. Statistics show that four out of five people that make a New Year's resolution break it. And one-third of the people that make New Year's resolutions don't make it through January. That's, you want to know what? If that's you, man, I'm telling you, the fitness places love you. <laughs> they, they plan on a whole year's worth of budget based on what you do for the first week or two in January. It's crazy. We don't need a New Year's resolution. We need, we need a change. We need to develop habits that are lasting. Remember what I said by definition? What? comes automatically. We start to do them automatically. We, we, have them, we, we don't even have to think about them anymore. Creating good habits creates long-term, not short-term. We're not in the short-term chain, right? Because a lot of people are like, we're gonna, how many people do I work? <laughs> I, I, I've done this. I go, to, I go to the gym one time and I jump on the scale thinking I've lost 30 pounds. And then when I have it, what happens? You get frustrated, Right? You're like, it's not working. It's, it's me that's not working. And so we don't want something just like, we want something that's lasting. We want to do something that's lifelong. And that's the, the, real, the skills we're trying to acquire through this series are lifelong skills of developing good habits, not just for 30 days. See, here's the deal. Good habits, good decisions. Somebody say that with me. Good habits, good decisions. Say it, everybody say it. Good habits, good decisions. Bad habits, can I, can, I, can I give you a secret? You are where you are right now in your life because of good habits or bad habits. If you don't like where you're at, it's because a culmination, it's, a, it's this collective body of work of bad habits. If you, if you don't like the way, the way you look, if you don't like the way you talk, if you don't like the way your spiritual life is going, if you don't like your marriages, it's because of bad habits. You are exactly where your decisions, right now, you are exactly where your decisions took you to. You're there because of what happened back here. Not what happened last night, but probably years and years and years of bad decisions, years and years and years. And here's the deal. Are you not where you want to be healthy? Do something about it. You're not there because of last night's Krispy Kreme. Okay, just... How many people can just eat one Krispy Kreme? All right, how many... Wow. 
you have self-control. In the plaid back there, the red and black plaid, let's applaud her. She can eat one. So all the other pigs, if a hot donut comes through, I, I'm a, I, it's hard to stop it. Three. In my younger days, dozen. Bad decisions. That's why I'm where I'm at right now. Right? If you don't like where you're at, it's not just, how about this? You don't like where you're at spiritually? It didn't just happen because you didn't read your Bible verse this morning. It's because it's, it's been, and, and, and it was funny, I had a friend of mine call me this past week and um, s- several people in our church, and I love this, it's so cool. Some, several people in our church have been challenging people. Like I saw one challenge, it's really cool about putting a scripture down for every calendar day and they're gonna put the person that gave them and they're gonna pray for that person. Like, fantastic. Uh, I've been challenged several times to do the Bible chronologically I did the Bible chronologically three years ago. That's where it actually is time-stamped. It's, it's weird. It's hard to read, but it's a good read. Um, but I, I've been challenged with them. But, but, but a friend of mine said, like, I'm tired of people challenging me because last year I made it through day two. <laughs> like, well, do something about it, man. Like, like, and so I, I challenged him. I challenged him. I challenged him this morning. As a matter of fact, you already did one and two. Let's do three today. Let's do it together. Text me when you get done reading it and we'll share what it's about. And so it's one of those deals where you don't like what you're at spiritually. Make a good decision. Make a decision where you want to go. Make a decision what you want to be and then do something about it. Same thing if you're like, I, I had a friend of mine say like, I'm just not succeeding at work. I'm like, because well, you're lazy. Because you're lazy. Like you take hour and a half lunches and you steal stuff from your boss. Like you're not going to ever be... And he said, well, it's, 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 I was like, it's always been like this. As long as I've known you, you've been like, change it then. If you don't like where you're at, change it. Do something about it. You're the only one. I can't change it for you. You're the only one that can change it. And, and here's what I've learned and just kind of a learning lesson for me. When I make right decisions and I make good daily decisions, it changes everything around me. You know one of the things that changes? Now, I'm gonna kind of give you an inside track. And if you're a business owner, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a syndrome right now called decision fatigue. It's because of all the stuff with COVID. High people, people that sit in the big chair are having to make lots and lots of decisions. Like, are we gonna close down? Are we not gonna close down? You know, there's you know, contact tracing. How far do we go back? And everything changes almost on a daily basis. So we're having to stay up on all that. So we're talking, having this conversation. And I said this, and I said, it's easy to make right decisions when you have right habits. So what happens in this decision fatigue, we went from making three to five big decisions a week to three to five to eight sometimes in a day. There's that many decisions to make. But you know, it's almost impossible to make a bad decision when you've been making right decisions all along. And so these decisions that these habits that we've developed, they're actually taking the strain off of this decision fatigue because we have processes. How about if we did that in our lives? How about if we have a series of really good decisions that when there's a, there's a question, you know, there's a question of, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? You don't have to ask yourself, I, I know I shouldn't do this because of my habits wouldn't allow me to make that decision. You know, you know what else? And this is what, when we make right decisions, it makes the things easier to get up. It's hard getting up in the morning. It's hard getting up. I have a friend of mine, he's right in this room, Todd Hampson. He boxes. Good for him. Good for him. He's been trying to get me to go boxing and working out. And I'm like, no. But it's one of those deals. You know what? He has to make a decision every morning. If anybody works out in this room, you have to make a decision every morning to get up and go to that gym. 
You have to make, hey, if you're married, you have, to, you have to make a decision every morning to get up and love your spouse, even when they're not lovable. Hey, listen, let's be honest. Every morning, we've got to get up and make a decision when we're going to love our kids or not. Hmm, not today. Hey, hey let, let me take, let me, when you're making right decisions, right? It's all about decisions. First point, decisions. When you're making right decisions, the spiritual stuff falls into place too. I have a friend of mine that said, Pastor Bob, I just don't understand why God just hasn't taken this. He's, he's an alcoholic. He said, um, I don't know. I don't understand why God just doesn't take my alcoholism from me. He said, I was watching 700 Club one day. Man, the guy up there tested, you know, he, one time he asked God to, you know, and, and right away he was gone. And I'm like, I, I don't know why. You know what I've learned though? There's some things in life that God does automatically. Let, let me give you two of them. When I asked Jesus to be my savior and take over my whole life, he did it immediately. He didn't say, well, hold on a second. Let's give it six months. Let's see if you're really into this. Because if you're not really into this, I don't want to waste my time. When I asked for forgiveness of all of my sins, the Bible says they were washed as far as the east is from the west automatically. But here's what I've learned. Holiness doesn't work that way. Holiness is a process. I just don't wake up one morning and I'm, wow, I'm holy. It's a pro- I don't know anybody else. I understand what Paul was saying when he said, the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. The things I don't want to, you know, or the things I want to do, I end up do, uh, not doing. It's like, what? Like, here's the apostle Paul saying that he struggles with the things. He knows that he should do these things, but he's doing this over here. That's me. That's the story of my life. And that's the story of holiness. And that's why every morning we have to make a decision whether we're going to live a holy lifestyle. Well, I have never, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute. As a matter of fact, let me, let me just kind of get to the next point because the, the next point is so, so good. Habits are the circumstances or the, uh, the accumulations of single moments. All these single moments, single moment, what happens right now, what happens right now, what happens right now, what happens, and it's the culmination. It's all these things kind of lumped together in this body of work. I, I love the way, I love the way he says it here. In verse 15, he says, and we just read this, but verse 15, see, I have set before you, what's the next word? Today, today, you have to make a decision today. You can't put it off till tomorrow. There's a single moment, and so many of us are waiting for tomorrow to come that we miss out on the God opportunities that he wants us, he wants to do stuff in us today. And then it says again, and good, uh, death and evil, if you obey my commandments, the Lord your God, then I command you, what does it say? Today. There's a brilliant story, the same author, it's Moses. And Moses goes to Pharaoh, and there's all these plagues. There's a plague of, you know, flies. There's a plague of blood. There's a plague of, my, my favorite one is the plague of frogs. Now, I don't know how it works out in your house. We get scared in our house of ladybugs. And I have to run around with a little vacuum cleaner and suck up ladybugs. Oh, don't look at me like I'm some kind of killer. They drive me nuts. I, I hate it when I'm sitting there watching a football game and, and I squeal. Frogs, I can't even imagine. Mama would not be happy. If there was frogs, like you're backing the chariot out and over frogs. You open up to make a pizza, you know, like a, one of those pan pizzas and you put it in there and there's frogs on it. So, so Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, when, when would you like me? I have this connection with God. When would you like me to take care of all the frogs? And you know what? You know what Pharaoh says? Every, the same thing that everyone in this room would probably say, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll take care of this tomorrow. Mama's, no, right now. 
You take it out right now. You take the, get the frogs out, get the, out of the house. We're the same way. And I think there's two lies that somehow or another we have bought into, y'all. And maybe you haven't. I've bought into. And here, here's the first lie. Is it's just one time. It's just once. You ever said that? It's just one piece of pizza. It's just one drink. It's just one conversation. It's just one. Those one, it's just one baseball game I'm gonna miss to my kids. They'll not, it's only one dance recital. And it's boring by I'm not, it's, they'll, ne, they'll never even not see me. And before you know, it's two, and it's three, and it's four, and it's five. And you can put an insert, whatever you want to put, drinks, some type of alcohol, some type of relationship, before you know it, right? And so we've bought into this lie that one doesn't really matter. No, no, one does matter. One matters a lot in our lives. Here's the deal. If you're a millionaire, you know what that is? It's a million $1 bills. If you want to walk 500 miles, you start with one step. If you have a life expectancy of 70, by the way, it's 255 uh, uh, 675 days, 255,675 uh, days. You don't live them all in one, one, you live them one day at a time. One matters. And so we, we lie to ourselves about one piece of pizza or, you know, one baseball game or, or it's just, so I didn't work out today or I didn't read my Bible today or I didn't, I didn't tell my wife I love her. Just once. That's a huge lie. You know what the other one is? It's the opposite end of the spectrum. What will it really help if I only do it one time? What if I, it's only one day of working out. Well, that's one day more than you did yesterday. It's only one, listen, if I read scripture for 30 minutes, only, it's only one time, I'm not gonna get, no, but it's one day into it. And tomorrow's another day and tomorrow, it's these collective moments of ones, if we would get that through our mind, that one matters, one matters. It does a lot of good. Proverbs 13, 11. And this is a principle of accumulation of money, okay? But I think there's another, there's another principle here. If you'll just give me a little bit of liberty. This is what it says. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, okay? And then it says, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So that's, that's talking about money accumulation. But you know what I think too? I think if we do things little by little, one moment at a time, if our marriage isn't that great, let's just do one thing today to make it a little bit better. Just one thing. Maybe, maybe we're gonna institute, I'm gonna say I love you um, three times, this, you know, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, even when you burnt the food, how, how good it was. Whatever. Maybe you just need to be nice, right? I think that one changes a marriage that's on the disaster, brink of disaster, and can turn it into something super romantic again. I think the same thing with our kids. I've watched... I've watched moms and dads of kids that are going crazy, way out there. Institute one, just today we're gonna do this. We're gonna do a devotion together. Today we're gonna pray for, we're gonna secretly pray for our kids. You know what? You know what I found out? My kids can't stop me from praying for them. They can get mad, they can get angry, they can get frustrated, but they can't stop me from praying. It starts with one. What would happen if we developed those one moments? Here's the third thing. Habits, so good. Habits need momentum. 
Habits need momentum. It's the, it's the law of what's known as greased tracks. Anything, if you've ever watched a train or if you've ever watched those cars, you ever, anybody ever play with those toy cars that are on tracks? Remember those? Am I the only one that's old here? Like you put them on the little track and you push a little button and they go around. Like TCR, I think, was the name of the one I had. Anybody? But it was one of those deals where if the tracks got rusty, it was like, or a train, like a train, you would oil the tracks. Well, that's the same thing in our lives. In our lives, when we start doing little things, there's momentum that's built up. And momentum's important. And even in this passage, when, when, when Moses is talking, it's almost like you can sense the, that he's talking about the exact concept of momentum. Listen to what he says in verse 17. But if your heart, he's, talking, he's gonna start out talking about negative momentum. If, you're, if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you surely will perish you shall not live long in the land that you are going over to the Jordan to enter and possess. So he says, listen, when you do these things that are wrong, when you're not paying attention, when you've developed bad habits, it's negative momentum. It's taking you in a way that you don't wanna go. But then watch what he says. He shifts everything here, verse 19. He said, I call to heaven and earth and witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Now watch what happens when you choose the first one. He says, therefore, choose life. That, that you and your offspring may live. You sense the momentum already. He says, if you choose life, then your offspring's gonna choose life too. That your offspring's gonna be blessed. We sing a song from Numbers chapter six, the blessing. And so, you know, it, it literally talks about from generation for, you know, a thousand generations, your generation, next generation, that's, that's, that's momentum. What happened? And he says this, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and the length of days that you may dwell in the land of the Lord. Swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. He's saying, listen, when you do the right things, you're greasing the tracks. There's momentum going in the right direction. That's why our habits are so important. It comes down to right decisions, right direction, right outcome. Right? So you make right decisions. You're heading in the right direction. The outcome has got to be right. It's got to be good. You see this in business. I don't know how many business owners we have here, but we see this in business all the time. When a business gets really good and successful, it almost runs itself. Like, you don't have to spend a lot of money in marketing. It's one of the things that we talk about here at Journey all the time. It's like, we spend zero money in marketing. Like, if you see a sign, it's generally because somebody has donated the sign to us. We invest a little bit of money or a lot of money in t-shirts. So if you have a Journey t-shirt on right now, raise your hand. Okay, so a bunch of people in this room. If I was to walk out there, it's everybody out in that room right now has a Journey t-shirt on. So we invest, we, we invest in, and, and what we decided was, it's momentum builders. And, and what happens is, we don't have to do anything. We don't have to toot our own horn. We don't have to get on Facebook and tell everybody how great we are. Life change speaks loud and clear in the world. We, that's the, that's the, the, the tracks. And so we don't, have to, we don't have to, every time, like, even through COVID, y'all, this is the strangest thing. We haven't had to reprime the pump. We, we came back to church. We have about 70% of the people that call this place home here. We have a bunch of people watching online. Do we wanna be better? Yes, yes, yes. But we don't have to like, okay, we're in a marketing strategy. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. We're gonna start doing, we, 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 you know what we did? We did the things we do well. We just kept doing them. That's it, grease tracks. The other way is this. I've watched businesses. I have friends of mine that are in business. And when it starts to go south, it goes south fast. And they try, to, they try to, they have to stop spending, they have to stop marketing, they have to all this stuff, and eventually what happens is they go out of business. So there's this reverse. So if we're creating good habits, there's a momentum that's created. 
So what kind of habits would you need to kind of put in, into your life? Um, I'm gonna give you the fourth one. We're gonna, we're gonna close here. I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of time. Here's, here's the fourth thing. Habits, habits require persistence. They, they require persistence. Listen to what it says here. Loving the Lord your God, verse 20. Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice. And I love these next words, holding fast to him. Holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land, Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I love that, holding fast. And, and, and you know, this is what I've learned. The only way you can be unsuccessful in life is if you quit. The, the only way you're a failure is if you quit. If you quit, you've given God nothing to work with. And I watch this over and over and over and over. And I'm not talking about a relationship that's gone south. There's times where you gotta get, I get that. I'm talking about with your life. I'm talking about when you just give up and don't wanna do anything anymore and you say, you know something? It's not doing any good. I have a friend of mine. I love this friendship because it's been a mentor relationship over the last 17 years. And it's back and forth. Some days I'm mentoring him. Some days he's mentoring me. But he started a church the same year that we started Journey. In the first couple years of the church, um, actually 15 years of his church, he told me a couple years ago, he was, Bobby, I was jealous. Like, I, I sometimes didn't even want to talk to you because you were sharing the successes of what was going on in Journey. And, and he says, we, we ran like 150, 200 people for the first 15 or 16 years. And I was like, man, I didn't even, like, it wasn't bragging. He was, no, I, I wanted to hear your win stories. And, and I would tell him, like, I, I don't know how many people in this room know this, but when we moved, before we moved into this building in 2008, we were running like 250 people. And the, the first day we moved in this building, we had 580 people. And within three months, we had to start two services. Within one year, we had to start three services. And before COVID, we were actually, we were actually architecting a fourth service and talking about building a building pre-COVID. And I would share those stories. And, and I would say, it's the favor, you know what, it's the favor of the Lord. Because it's not, he's way smarter than I am. He's in a much better city than, I, than we are as far as growth. But then in 2019, he called me one day. I said, man, how you doing? He goes, great. He, he told me he wanted to quit several times. And he said, uh, Bobby, we're averaging 1,000 people in service. I said, man, did they get a new preacher? Uh, no filter. Like, different word, you know, what is it? Like, and he goes, Bobby, I'm doing the same thing I've always done. I'm preaching the same sermons. I'm doing the same study stuff. It's the same worship songs. He said, but I determined two years ago that I wasn't gonna quit. I wasn't gonna quit. Even during COVID, even during COVID, a thousand people. Isn't that cool? He didn't change anything. He just kept doing what he was doing. And I think somehow or another, he dug his heels a little bit, a little bit more and said, you know something? We're gonna win. And I think in order for us to have 2021 the best that it could possibly be, 
I think every one of us is going to say, I'm not going to quit. I, I, I posted something and I got some really weird, weird remarks. I put 2020 wasn't that bad. People are like, what are you talking about? I went through a divorce. I lost my mom. I get it. But I don't know if you all heard the song, the last song we were singing. That's my declaration. That God's a good God. And his mercy is still chasing after me. And then even as bad as it could possibly get, he's still on my side. He has not left me, nor has he forsaken me. He has great plans for me. That's what we can declare. So we can all live in 2020 and all the bad stuff that we thought that happened, or we can develop a brand new habit and say, you know something? I'm not gonna moan and groan about 2020. I'm gonna talk about the goodness of God and how good he was that he preserved me through 2020. Somebody needs to say amen to that. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna pray for you guys. I'm gonna pray for me. Sometimes God in our lives asks us to make huge radical changes. Sometimes it's just one degree. I just want to be real with him for a second. If y'all do this. Have that conversation real quick with him and just ask him, God, what are the areas of my life that I need to make big changes? There needs to be a big habit change. And ask him to give you one or two and then give you the help to do those things. And then ask him, what are the 1% areas? What are the, the small little things? What, what are the things in my life, God, that, that in the long run are not gonna take me where I need to go? That is one degree right now, but in 10 years, it's gonna lead me in a direction that I, I know you don't want me to be. God, I am convinced that great lives don't happen by accident. And I remember the quote that Craig Rochelle says, I, 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 all the time I think about this. Everybody gets somewhere, but not everybody gets somewhere on purpose. God, allow us to be a group of people, a faith community, that's going somewhere on purpose. Let's make 2021 a year of intentionality where we ignite something and you ignite something in us, God. Let it be a year, God, that we see the greatest work that you've ever done in our lives. God, that we would see the greatest work down in Sherwood that Sherwood has seen. God, that that not just numerically, God, but you would add that, that God, you would add depth to our Sherwood campus. God, we're thankful for the hundred people that are going down to Sherwood right now. But God, there's a community down there that is lost and needs you. I pray that we would make those small changes, God, that you would bless us. I, pr I pray on this campus, God, as we start to open up more and more and more space around this place, God. Not so we can get a pat on the back, but that we can make you famous. That's our desire is to make you famous. And we make you famous by telling the world about how Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried in a cave, but ultimately how he was resurrected from that grave and that he's gone to prepare a place for every one of us. God, that's the promise. 
And God, I pray that we would have a mindset, a made-up mind, that we would not be conformed to the world the way the world thinks about today or yesterday or last year, that, God, we would bring hope to the world we live in. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.